say. Can you, can you verify this for me? I mean, some people here don't understand. I mean, what is soul? Allora, adesso te lo dico io. Cos'è soul? Non importa come lo fai. Più alto possibile, meglio è. Pensavi di saperlo tutto. Nel suono giù nell'Atlantico. Col miglior ritmo su questo pianeta. Canta se vuoi, non ti sbaglierai. Accendi questa bomba. Welcome to Plague Tapes 119, is that right? Yeah, I think it's right. This is me, your host, Dr. Groove, and uh, I'm really happy. I'm actually, uh, well, in America they say, super excited. I am super excited to bring you uh, this show. And the reason why is because, well... I've had some good news, so I'm happy. Um, even though I know we're still in a pandemic and all of that hasn't escaped me, and Andrew's gonna fill us in later, 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 later on Omicron. Omicron, yeah. I think I've finally managed to to get that right. What is it called again? Yeah. Um, and you know celebrating last night this is kind of gives you an in- indication of what who you're dealing with um i sat down and watched a beckett season so a program about beckett i think it's a compendium of different things that was put together with jack mcgowan who was a very famous actor who worked directly with beckett called beginning to end it's on youtube so you can look it up so that's how I celebrated, and uh, it kind of gives you a shocking insight into Because I find Beckett really funny, uh, even though he's pretty much preoccupied with the, the shortness of life, and he's drawn towards the dark stuff, and talks about things like sucking stones, and the impermanence of life, and being warm food. But for some reason, that's that's how I that's how I roll. So I thought you'd like uh, you'd like to get a frightening insight into the good times, fast times, and pleasures that happen in Doctor Wu's life. Um, okay, this show is a show of two halves. So the first half is sort of mellow, just lots of good sounds. I'm really 
delighted to uh, present to you some of the tunes from Madlib. We're going to start with one of his. Um, there's a couple featured in here. And then we're going to go into a second half where there's a bit of a dance because I think that's required at this stage. Uh, even if you can't be with people to dance, uh, that does not mean that you cannot dance in your bubble around the kitchen dresser. So uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, welcome and of course there will be the news so don't worry about that for the news junkies um, the only person that you can really rely on being Andrew uh, so let's start uh, welcome to the show
dog, you from London? Smoking on that Mary Jane, broke but got ambition, we don't care about what dog, we up against. Left the party in the state, ain't no thinking twice when you're living life the rebel way. Huh, we don't know LA, we know it's shortage over ground, back to Holloway. Nitty on the corner, wanting something for his veins. I pay him no mind, back on my bike, doing the main road. I ain't putting no money on my Easter card, walking over Glamour Morrison, saving for a car. Jeffrey on my blower talking about getting some love bots tickets and I blew the Honda in the heartbeat. My converse look like they've had a hard life. I love them anyway. Pull up at the garage, you can hear the bass. Trevor tried to tell us, turn it down. Fucking millions, babe. Potty mouth, yeah, isn't that so? I know killers in the streets, but I ain't really involved. We don't want to cause any grief, but we get triggered when hearing the sound of police. It's a
Christmas reference for you and there isn't many in this show um, right so that was Faye Webster uh, singing about falling in love with a baseball player somebody that she doesn't even know but if you listen closely to the lyrics I think it's about dealing with grief um, before that we had Neil Cowley with Just Above It All that's an album that's really grown on me the whole year um, we have uh, The Bug with Vexed featuring More Mother, which was angry. And that's also one of my many moods. We had Youth Team, we had Luke Abbott, we had Bad Lib. Two tracks by Mad Lib. We had Salt. Salt. Um, you from London with Little Sims. We had Translobal Underground, which somebody was mentioning there not so long ago. Um, as I was waiting for the booster... Um, I think people are pretty chatty these days when you do actually run into them. So I was waiting outside a pharmacy on the north side and some woman was in getting her certificate because she had been boosted already and uh, she was chatting and she was saying that she thought, she was hoping that this pandemic would bring the best out in people and she didn't feel like it was going in that direction. And I think... It's really too early to tell because I think we haven't really had the chance to congregate. Um, And I think that that's when we congregate and come together and we process what we've gone through. I think that's where we have an idea uh, where we're going to go because I think collectively we'll reach a decision. So I know that I understand that feeling. Uh, where people think that it's not going in the right direction, but also I think that's largely dependent on the news that you listen to. And, uh, yeah, it tends to be bad news when it's pervaded by the tabloids and the red tops and everything else, and they tend to focus on the worse aspects of uh, human nature and not the, the better ones. So loneliness is a big problem. But uh, I think one of the ways that we can overcome it and one of the congregated settings that we talk about, which hasn't happened in a long time, is uh, parties and dancing. And I think there'll be, whenever we get to the end of this, there'll be an almighty party then. But in the meantime, we have to uh, make do with where we're at, which 
means for many of us uh, the kitchen disco and dancing around the dressing table and that's what we're going to do next we're going to start off slowly from um from that very slow beginning but we're going to start with uh, beverly glenn copeland slow dance and then we're going to go into a few tracks one two i see them here in front of me listed out in the track listing uh, and i hope that that brings you a bit of va-va-voom to uh, into your lives when you hear it so clear a space uh, put on some headphones or put it on even better put it on a really loud speaker and invite others in your bubble to uh, participate so we'll start with that and take it away uh, after this there will be the news with Andrew and uh, thanks again for listening to Radioactive International and Plague Tapes and if you can support the station uh, buy a t-shirt or you know there's there's ways I think read the website um okay that's it uh take care and i'm sure there's going to be more because you know uh the super villain omicron doesn't seem like it's going anywhere except up there's a pleasant note let's just dance let's let me stop talking about that let's dance hit the play button all right take it away show us your best moves
if solutions within this system are so impossible to find, then maybe we should change the system itself. Some foreign power, some group of terrorists. So if you don't know your past, then you don't know your future. Listeners and welcome to Plague Tapes, new section of Plague Tapes 119, and it is the 18th of uh, December 2021, and the plague continues. Um, is it worse? Is it getting worse? Uh, that seems to be what what's like parallel. Do we have parallel waves now, Andrew? <laughs> Globally, is it getting worse? Yes, every country, not every country, sorry. What, like basically, I'm looking at the data each day and uh, we're seeing more and more countries do the thing where there's a little slope going along and then suddenly there's something that's quite like a vertical line as Omicron takes off, essentially. So uh, that's, that's where we are in many places. I was hoping we'd have today's numbers out because a couple of us think that you can see it underlying it in the swab data. Yesterday was quite a high number. Uh, so, and if there's a high number of cases today, we've no access to swab numbers today. So we'll be going, hmm, is that the backlog coming through or is that the proper Omicron start? Uh, we know it's 37% of the cases they sequenced most recently. Uh, London, I think it's, it's already up around near 80%. Uh, and they, I think they UK 98,000 cases yesterday. So we'll probably cross 100,000 today. And in fact, by the middle of next week, they're not going to be able to really count them anymore because they don't have testing capacity. Uh, New what York has gone shooting up Sweden from a very low base interestingly enough and just like those country after country it's happening in at the moment so yes you could say it's getting worse yeah yeah yeah, yeah I think that's okay that's the takeaway <laughs> so let, what was yesterday's figures like what was um, so it, I, as has been a pattern recently the actual number of cases on Fridays is low for some reason I don't know if it's people <laughs> clocking off earlier what the story is but uh, there were 5,124 positive swabs, which was 116% of the previous Friday. Um, uh, so that's probably a, a, an indication of why we're a little bit nervous. And as I said, Omicron had gone from, if I do this from memory, I think 11% on Wednesday to 27% on Thursday uh, to 37% yesterday. Um, so you can, it, it's very rapidly increasing underneath. Now, the only thing I would say is there's a bit of a silver lining there because if um, if you consider they certified 3,628 cases yesterday, right? Uh, and if 37% of those were probably Omicron, well, that means only 2,430 of them were Delta. So there is a kind of suggestion that we have been suppressing Delta. That's kind of been visible over the last couple of weeks. Um, it, it, it's there's two things messed it up one we hit testing capacity right and then secondly there was the storm so there wasn't enough testing for a couple of days so if you look at um, a chart of cases coming back it looks like we've had a plateau for four to five weeks i'm yeah. pretty sure what actually happened is testing capacity meant we went up above that plateau without 
being able to see we were well up above it and then we started coming down again and then at a certain point we come down far enough that we're probably catching most cases again so that comes is seen from there as a descent but the descent was probably running over two or three weeks um, but uh, yeah, so that's where we are at the moment. That's uh, that would be reflected in the positivity, wouldn't it? Uh, positivity yeah, there? it wouldn't. It wouldn't. You see, the positivity is kind of complicated because there are the viruses in circulation as well. Right. Um, so it, it it's very hard to make very solid reason meanings. I mean, there have been small fluctuations in positivity. It basically went up, I think, to about fifteen point seven percent over the seven day average and then came is down at the moment, I think about thirteen point seven percent. So that's a two percent drop. So I think yes, that does indicate that probable peak there, but it's you know, you can't really be definitive definitive. It's speculative basically. So Okay, and then yesterday the cases like you had positive swabs of five thousand one hundred and twenty four, yeah. but the actual cases itself were lower than three three six two eight, which often happens on Fridays, and then right. that that often catches up today. So Saturday has often been quite a, a large number for that reason. I presume the poor people who are doing all this testing have to take holidays. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Like, well, exactly. They want to take Fridays off. No, and... exactly. After two years, it's not even necessarily that they're taking. They're probably. In a way, the swabs are probably the more important part of the process because that's the part of the process where if you test positive, you get notified and close contacts follow up insofar as it can happen at the moment, right. happens and all that sort of stuff, where the cases are basically somebody sitting down looking at the swabs and going, yeah, that's valid, that's valid, that's valid. Oh, not so sure about that. Okay, so when you're saying it looks like we're suppressing Delta, was that, what's the... What do you think is doing that? Is it boosters? Is boosters it... and changed measure, changed behaviours with the alarm being raised about it, and then the restrictions that were introduced about two weeks back around, say, closing nightclubs again, for instance. I think all those things, yeah, as you'd expect, they they had they looks like they've had an impact on Delta, but in effect, it's buying time with Omicron basically. Um, like, there's no way those restrictions on their own could have control, would have controlled Omicron. Uh, yesterday, there's the whole thing about closing the pubs early at eight o'clock or whatever, and so, some yeah, relatively half-assed measures like that. The only we really love doing the kind of like rather than going for five, we kind of go back. We must go back to the vintners and say, "Yeah, our lads, we've done a deal." Like what they were all asking for five, yeah. and we've pushed it out to eight. Aren't we great? Well, I think there's a couple of things going on about this actually, and I I spent a good part of the morning arguing with people on Twitter about it, but. I actually did get one useful thing out of it, uh, which is, I hadn't really considered this aspect, but if you remember when they reopened hospitality over the summer, there was a big fuss from the big owners that they couldn't get people to work for them. You know, that basically people wanted more wages and better working conditions for doing the kind of... Yeah, minimum wage jobs at maximum <laughs> yeah, yeah, risk. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. basically Particularly what when they went vaccinated, right? Yeah. So I think part of what the thing is with the not closing hospitality but instead going for this 8pm thing right yeah is so that they won't therefore have to bring pup back in for people who will have lost jobs as part of it or, or mostly won't be doing that uh, and that's what the hospitality owners want because they want those people to be forced to work for them as soon as they're allowed up again in ah, months time yes. basically okay. right. so you know yeah. I could I was trying to make sense out of like there was um I mean, surely the, 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 there's somebody out there that can fill us in like there's definitely yeah. somebody hit us up with yeah so so but if that's an economic measure it'll be known yeah, yeah so by shutting hospitality this is the point i made earlier by, by the original five o'clock closure time which made more sense right yeah uh 
by doing that, you're sort of going, okay, well, if that's cancelling out, kind of going, going for a few drinks after work, uh, you know, starting off an evening there and then going on somewhere else. Yeah, like it, there's it, no, it's yeah. getting rid of all that. It still means if you've important social occasions that you need an outside, oh, sorry, not an outside, but you need, you know, you, you, what you don't want to have in your house. The example I used was, you know, somebody's new girlfriend's parents are visiting Ireland, so they want to go out for a meal with them. They can still do that, they can go out for lunch. You know, they can't yeah. go out for dinner anymore and they can't go for a dozen pints afterwards. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so they, th- that had been left open somewhat. So that kind of five o'clock one made some sense to me. The eight o'clock one makes much less sense, you know, particularly because, of course, what's going on is is um, as the industry go, well, people just have house parties, blah, blah, blah. You know, the same controlled environment bullshit that we're going last time. That wouldn't have been particularly true if you had nothing at five. Like either people would take the decision to take a risk and go to a, a party or they wouldn't. Eight o'clock cl- closing strikes me as a bit disastrous because it's enough time to go get a couple of pints in you and then go. Actually, we might as well go, go back to somebody's house, you know. Like that, that, that compromise just seems a bit silly, uh, and it probably wouldn't be enough to control. I mean, what this is all about is trying to cut socialization by when it was five o'clock. I was saying by you know by eighty yeah. percent, you know, like a high risk socialization of lots of people indoors without wearing masks for long periods of time, right? Which is basically pubs. Um, and as other people would point out, is also school classes. Uh, but uh, that's what they were trying to cut. Uh, moving it to eight o'clock puts a whole load of it back in again, actually. And th- and also probably makes it more likely that people will go on elsewhere. So it's going to have a much smaller effect on Omicron than the other one would have. And I doubt the other one would have been enough. The only thing to be said is maybe in what will happen is that rather than seeing the absolutely meteoric rises we've seen in London, we'll see a fast rise that's not quite as strong, and that gives us a little bit more time to react to that. But uh, yeah, um, that's where speaking we are. of meteoric rises, I saw some ridiculous charts which were like lines going along, 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 yeah. and then suddenly a dot appearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. And um, are they from the UK in terms of like... That was London. I think that that particular one was London where it actually, in grey, it was kind of the existing Delta thing. And then it's it's the Frank Times guy. And then it had a red slope, which was the seven day average going up quite fast. But then what you missed entirely was this little red dot that was right up in the top, right? Which was that particular day's cases, you know. Uh, And I was saying it's kind of like... I thought there was a change blindness impact to that, which is if people are familiar with that video of the uh, people playing basketball in front of a lift and a guy in a gorilla suit walks through. And normally when you're shown that video, you don't see the gorilla suit guy because it's so ridiculous you think it's not there. Uh, and that red dot, I think, was doing the same thing because you were sort of, you were going, well, that obviously can't be the case. And so your brain was going, yeah, I'm just going to filter that rubbish out. And it was only after yeah. looking at it a few times, you went, oh. It's that's also that's because there. you get used to the parameters of the game. You tend to focus on the ball. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, suddenly, yeah. if you're looking at two lines down here and something appears up here, yeah. you kind of go, "What the?" Yeah, it's not meant to be up there. That can't be real. Okay, so the but the unfortunate reality is it is real, very it is real. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of Delta, do we like? I'm interested in knowing about this Delta plateau. Uh, trying to explore that a bit more. Do we also think that the the amount of delta that's been experienced in schools and in those kind of things has reached a kind of peak, or is there any? No, I wouldn't say so. No, um, not yet. Okay. No, no. Um, I mean, because although at one level the amount of in- school infections in school or of school-aged children is absolutely huge, 
it's also only about 2% of them a fortnight, you know. <laughs> right. So um, you need 25 fortnights of that before you hit 100%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, they, it'd be interesting to see. what I suspect Christmas will put a serious dampener on those, uh, the incidents in that age group. Well, it would have, except for Omicron arriving on the scene. Uh, but we, we'll see afterwards in terms of where that's actually going. Uh, yeah, so, so like, I was hoping that we would be saying that maybe that plateau has been reached or, you know, people have got immunity through getting it, especially yeah. the little ones who can't get any uh, vaccinations or boosters. So, but it looks like now we're just going to be dealing with... Yeah, so 5 to 12-year-olds will be able to get vaccinated in January, I think. So they're yeah. in the schedule as well. 40-year-olds, I think, from either tomorrow or Monday uh, will be possible. So there's about a third of the population have now got a booster dose. So that's rolling out quite fast, and they're really trying to accelerate it. Like, all the GPs are going to be giving out doses. They're trying to get as many pharmacies on board. They're opening up additional vaccination centres. I mean, that's the kind of main plank of the strategy is, is to try and increase the amount of people with booster doses, which will help. Okay, so like from Monday then, basically, is that 40-year-olds? Is that everybody? When does... When uh, does I don't know. Where, I don't think they've said after that. Right, okay. Um, and, yeah, because still, even still talking to... We, we, touched, we touched on this before, but like parents of kids who are six, seven, eight, um, do you think there's going to be a major uptake or do you think people are going to wait to... For them to get vaccination through the hard method of getting so, infected. Yeah, so basically in terms of the messaging that's coming out from NIAC, it is that if the child has an underlying condition or lives with another child who has an underlying condition or right. maybe is vulnerable parents, grandparents, right. uh, then uh, they should get vaccinated. And the the rest of them, they're leaving it as much more of a kind of... Okay. We're recommending you do, but we're not pushing it, basically. Right, yeah. So we'll see what the uptake rate is. It's kind of... Because you're going to encounter resistance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're not aiming for an 80 resistance. or 90% vaccination rate. You know, I yeah. suspect if they got 50%, they'd be quite happy. But that would put a quite a, a significant damper then on transmission in schools. Um, so, you know, at least in the short term. Um, so that's probably what they're going through. And and the, there has been a problem that if you looked at age incidents in the last month, it was pretty obvious that, well, it certainly appeared to be obvious that primary school kids were infecting their parents. Uh, yeah. And in some cases, those parents would be immunocompromised or whatever else, so they'd be vulnerable. So, uh, and, you know, and I did see one doctor saying in hospital that they, <coughs> that, that they were seeing a lot of hospital admissions, but that was the route. So, yeah, that, that should help in that situation because those people will be getting their kids vaccinated, presumably, in most cases. Okay, so the lay of the land is, like, just trying to get a dashboard of where we're at. We've got, we think the, the cases in Delta might be coming down slightly, but we're not entirely sure. Not enough kids have got infected in terms of, even though there's a lot of kids have been infected, not enough kids have been infected to give us kind of any yeah. kind of immunity. You're getting trouble stuff. for phrasing it that way now, but uh, but whatever, whatever way <laughs> you want to look at. What you mean? It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we still have all that to contend with, and we now have a new variant on the cards, um, and and that's been astronomical in its growth rate, um, and is there? Do we have any more information in terms of how, um? 
what's the, what's the kind of things that we need to look out for in terms of Omicron in terms of how does it differ from Delta um, so have we got any definitive um, figures around that not not really it's 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 like there's and there's so what there is now is there's lots of preliminary stuff right so we have a lot of preliminary story uh, so research on how it affects immunity and that's all quite alarming basically like particularly if you've been previously infected that's probably not very much use at all to you uh, if uh, with some of the monoclonal antibody treatments they've entirely cancelled out um, with other ones they, they, they still hold up uh, there's significant enough reductions if AstraZeneca uh, was your vaccine you got the two doses that's largely cancelled out if Pfizer was the one that quite a lot of it is cancelled out not all of it but quite a lot okay. of it uh, the booster doses we you know once you're boosted yeah that, that restores a lot of protection not necessarily as much as you previously had with the two doses but but a lot uh, but the question is how long is that going to last is it only going to last three months right um, and we won't know that like so we, we expect that it will protect against infection for that three to four month period the question again is what happens in the longer term in terms of protection against being sent to hospital or being sent to ICU that's really the statistic statistic we need to nervously watch it, to be honest it's not impossible that we're going to say okay we're getting vaccinated every four months you know until better treatments arrive or whatever else maybe that won't be needed maybe in four months time we'll discover that the booster actually gives you underlying protection against disease that's strong enough that for most people that won't matter but they kind of hope that was the case with two doses so uh, we won't actually know the so the other thing everybody's uh, uh, infectivity fitness whatever you want to call that no question at all now that Omicron is absolutely ridiculous in comparison with all the previous variants it's just massively able this to is kind of really people. disappointing though because each <laughs> one of them has gone up in a measure like we were talking about delta being maybe four times as infectious yeah, yeah, yeah. and now we've got a new one that's even more infectious than delta yeah well fitter is, is a better word it, fitter, it, yeah. in, a, in well, a population with a lot of immunity which is what we have now in most yeah. places either through vaccination previous infection or a combination of both uh, then Omicron is much more capable of infecting people than Delta was it you know it's not necessarily more capable of infecting people than the original variants when nobody had any immunity at all might be a bit fitter you know, from that point of view but that, that's not where the difference is it, it, it's ability like it's, it's ability it's like to a infect vaccinated population yeah. that they're dealing with in, yeah. in, in, in countries where we actually have most stuff open most of the time you know, so that's a very different situation to any of the lockout lockdowns. Rather, that's where it's, it's very effective uh, at infecting people. Um, okay, so that's how it differs, mm. and we know that Delta is rocking along, still rocking along at yeah. four thousand cases, um, and we have this. We have we're trying to roll out more vaccinations, um, so in that context, then do we have any more information from? You know, because of the media lockdown mm. and like, obviously the the measures, whatever messaging we're getting from the government is just all about the the, the only thing I've heard is this extension from five o'clock opening to eight o'clock opening. Mm. I don't know if there's any other major things, but it seems like <clears throat> we're just going to keep on going, keep on trucking to Christmas. And mm. um, so, have we heard anything from Nefford? Have we heard anything from? 
like I would have thought that we would be now in a position so, where we would want to hear. So what we what we do have um, is the letter Neffet sent to the CMO recommending the new recommendations, <coughs> okay. which is really long <laughs> right. and goes into a lot of details about the models. Just before I talk about that, though, the, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about, so the other big unanswered question with Omicron that there's lots of not very helpful internet speculation on right. is this idea that it's intrinsically milder, that it hospitalizes fewer people. You know, um, and the data from that is still really preliminary. It's quite interesting. Like there's the, the, there's a few interesting things going on with it. Uh, I mean, we can say some things definitely. Like we can say, for instance, that if you compare the Delta wave with the Omicron wave in South Africa, that to date fewer people have been hospitalised per case. Right. What we don't know is is that because lots of people in South Africa, this is the second infection so they have immunity from the first one that's protecting against hospitalization that's quite likely or is it because the virus in itself is in some form milder right um we don't so we don't know and there's no, no easy way yet to tell the difference between those two though there's almost uh, it's almost amazing i can almost predict the people who were talking well, yes, about yeah, like yeah, we've that, been here that this is mild yeah yeah we've been, we've it's been. the same people who deny the yeah. existence of it yeah, yeah, yeah. They, who then tell you not to get vaccinated and now they're saying ah well you don't need to worry because yeah. this one isn't so i really find myself kind of annoyed yeah so having to deal with this again but to do i mean to you know it's not it's not in entirely ludicrous because the data is quite hard to understand and there, there is some interesting uh, possible mechanisms right one of them is that in fact why is Omicron so successful uh, it appears that's because it's much more effective at infecting the airways that lead to the lungs so kind of ear nose not ear nose and throat uh, and replicating there but there's a suggestion that's actually a lot less effective at infecting the lungs themselves, which is obviously where the damage happens, right? The immune system damage and all the rest. Uh, but there's a big but to that, which is that, so that got people's hopes up. But then looking at the Danish data, it looked like the average period people were hospitalized after was, was longer than it had been previous. And actually that's quite compatible with that finding if it takes a bit longer to get into the lungs. So that's part of the problem with trying to interpret any of these we're not honestly i don't think we're going to have answers that are anyway solid for at least another couple of weeks uh public health england they they say they're not seeing an effect one way or the other yet and so it's too early to call basically. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Exa so exactly so you definitely can't make policy on the basis that you think it's milder i mean the other problem is though that in order for it, that to matter it would have to be massively milder Right. So no, there's no use if it's if it's still hospitalizing half the numbers it did previously because it's going to, you know, infect five, ten times more people in the same space. So you 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 know you end up with two or three times more people going to hospital, like rather rather than five or ten times. It reduces yeah. it, but that's yeah. not that's definitely that's not going to be the problem. It, it would need to be like twenty percent of the people hospitalized that of the previous figure as a as a, a product of the virus and not accumulated immunity. I think that's, at this stage, I, I, I think that's incredibly unlikely. So I, I don't think the milder thing is going to impact us. If it does, that'd be great, but I, I just don't find it. Uh, isn't it, don't you find this really, I find this really uh, alarming in that there seems to be a lot of um, policy and, well, not policy, but like, noise around options that are really based entirely on hopes yeah, and when yeah, you're dealing yeah, yeah. with science it's not really the case like where there's no point in having hopes there you have to have evidence and you have to have based on data 
But every time something comes along, people go, oh, well, this is not likely to be as infectious. Yeah. Or they jump on the slightest thing when there's no real evidence for yeah. it. And I think, I think I've said it before, like each of the waves has been accompanied by this process that's a bit like the... Uh, the stages of grief you yeah, know in psychology exactly, yeah. where you get you get denial and then you get anger and you know and, and you see people working through this online over the space of a couple of days there was a lot of anger yesterday you know like people really yeah, we're going to get to acceptance pretty soon yeah yeah, yeah. irrationally crazy about it um and uh yeah that that so i think that's the process we are once more going once more going, going through, through. Yeah. Uh, yeah i think an awful lot of the the, the milder stuff is just people in denial and going oh god i just can't deal with this so therefore i've got i'm going to come up with reasons and cling on to them as to why that's There's the case bargaining. we'll I see think that's bargaining There's part of it yeah i can remember knowing that before yeah that's true bargaining is another one yeah yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing where you kind of go well maybe this time maybe you won't be um Okay, so tell me about like how I'm just kind of still bamboozled about how the media blackout is still going on. I mean, this is kind of astronomical when you think about the the concerns that people have. And I think there's probably, if you went out and did a poll amongst the thinking people, that uh, they would want to see Tony getting up there and telling us what, I, even if it comes with, you know, yeah. these stories about driving through town being appalled yeah, yeah, at people yeah, yeah, yeah. drinking outside pubs, whatever. Yeah. I'd just rather hear it from him than hear from Mihal that the pubs are closing at eight. No, and the whole like the whole reason for this was supposedly that they wanted to get to a situation where when there was recommendations made there wouldn't be discussions around them till the cabinet had made the decision. So what we'd hear is the decision and then hear the recommendations. But of course, in the run up to this, a week of leaks. We have we, not leaks. only do we have leaks, but no. we've like Leo on the media openly speculating one way and the other about it. So like, right. it, yeah. it was complete nonsense. The former Taoiseach and current Tanishta, yeah, openly is allowed to openly speculate. Yeah. but like Tony's not able to do a press conference, or what's the other guy's name? The guy, the modelling guy, Philip. Nolan. Nolan's yeah, yeah, not yeah. allowed to appear on anything, but at the same time, yeah. You've got all this kind of nonsense, or you've got people twittering saying it's all over, whatever. Some yeah. of the real lunatics, yeah, yeah, and and so and 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 we had again, we had exactly the same thing that happened this time last, well, November last year, where they leaked uh, the Neffet recommendation for closure at five o'clock, right? Not really any of the details with it, not not any of the. Uh, the, the, the modelling of the disease progression or anything else just what would be the unpopular measure right? the most unpopular yeah. measure. and again you know the politicians are trying to suggest that was Neffet but that makes no sense whatsoever because you wouldn't leak your unpopular measure you would leak the fact that you ex you thought we had, could have 20,000 cases a day you yeah. know that's what you say to people because yeah. that would be the thing that would get people to pressurise the politicians yeah. not telling them you wanted to shut the pubs early that's yeah. not going to get anybody pressurised the politicians so there's that bullshit going on as well um, and, and like, yeah as I said the whole 5pm that became 8pm was kind of like what game they were playing there exactly I don't know whether it was that they want you know wanted to be seen to be in control they're or whatever in charge. So they're in charge. The they, they make do. the decisions yeah. but we're it doesn't make it, do what yeah. it makes it makes very little sense you know but yeah I guess we are where we are at this stage with us and it'll be interesting if somebody can come us come back and tell us about whether that was an economic decision as well there's sweet spot yeah. Venn diagram do we have to pay people PUP yeah and if we don't then that makes more sense for us um 
Okay, so, and there's no talk about, like, that coming back. I mean, I would have thought that people would be up in arms, even journalists. Like, are, is there not a journalist in the country that actually is going to say, why don't we have different oh, press Ga- conferences? Gavin Riley gives out about it regularly, right. I think. Because okay. he, he used to have them on quite often on the, the news talk show he does on Sundays. Right. Um, so he's the main one I've seen complaining about it. and then, But there's kind of like, if you complain about it, you get swarmed by members of the political parties. Right. You know? Uh, offering excuses, including members of the Green Party. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, so it's well, kind of. Who would want that? Who would want that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tell me, move on, move on, the decision's been made. Oh, right, okay, great. Exactly. Yeah, oh. like, let's not be emotional about this. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, uh, so tell me what exactly is the current. I mean, I appreciate that you have to do all this work, you have to trawl through stuff to find answers now, but what's our health system like in terms of. I think, yeah, there's a major problem in terms of, like, we're looking at the hospital numbers and they've been coming down for a while, and I think a good part of that is the booster programme and other part is people who are higher risk being more careful, right, from the part they were told was all over, and they discovered it's not. But there's definitely an issue, and I've had a few people working in healthcare contact me about that, suggesting that basically people who might have previously been admitted to hospital for COVID are not currently being admitted. You know, that, that that's certainly, because the hospitals are at capacity, that's certainly quite likely. And I think there's a bit of a, like a lot of people I think don't realise that what they define as severe COVID means you have to go to hospital, right? Mild COVID means you can get treated at home. But mild COVID can be really atrocious, right? Like basically you're getting admitted to hospital if you can't breathe. You know, like you literally can't breathe. You need so to, to stick you in yeah. uh, Or if they think you're going to have a heart attack, uh, you know, and you need to be monitored. I mean, that's that's what a COVID admittance is. You know, if you're, you know, if you've got diarrhea every couple of hours, you're as weak as a dog for a week. You've real difficulties breathing, but you're you're just about able to function. You're not getting you can't into feed yourself, yeah. You know, you might go into A and E and be, sit, be yeah. sitting there and be on a trolley for a few hours, but that doesn't count as an admittance. You're sent home. You don't come. You don't turn up in the figures. So, the the proportion of people for whom COVID is really tough is considerably larger than the proportion of people who end up in hospital, and it's increasingly clear that that includes quite a lot of people that are going to have severe enough long-term complications of it you know like we keep finding more bits of information out about that um so yeah i mean like even we've had a couple of friends with it recently who've just lost the sense of taste or whatever or smell even that is a pain in the ass if it's going to go on for ages so yeah i mean like i I think this how how much do you look forward to christmas dinner when you can't (laughs) you can't taste it all these kind of things yeah Yeah. so I, i think like this particularly applies to people who are a bit hesitant about getting vaccinated or being a bit maybe a little bit too careless about socialising because they think it won't be a big deal yeah. I mean really yeah no, it will. It, it could very well be a big deal some people get off very lightly but even if you, you lose your sense of taste for three months that is a big deal you know yeah. that's not something you, you, you really want to go through and you know there's plenty of people that six months later are having problems walking, getting upstairs they're having entire days for the too fatigued stuff breath, haven't yeah. been able to go back to work etc there's you know the, the, the dice you roll like I think people think too much about it is about oh what's the odds of me dying right yeah I've, I've had me two vaccine doses I'm in me 30s there's about a one in a thousand chance of me dying I'm not too worried about that fair enough right you're probably right that it's in that in, in that ballpark but there's a whole load of other bad shit 
that can happen, but it yeah, would just like mean life is a bit rubbish. Yeah, if um, you go through this and then you have such a serious, um, on the other side of it, you've got such a serious quality of life issue yeah. about what you have to live with. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I had the same thing with a friend who got the South African variant. And that's just persisted. It's yeah. still there. It's not. It's not like something that's returned. That's like, like, is it? We must be coming up on nine months later. Yeah. Now, it's still a really serious issue. The old South African variant, rather than the new yes, one. Yes, whatever. Like yeah. not the yeah, because the, this was the time when it what didn't have yeah. well, yeah. it had a name, but we all called it the old South African. Yeah. So um, okay. So we're just rocking on till Christmas then, is that the, that's basically it? The pubs are now closing at eight. No nightclubs. Pubs are closing at eight. Yeah, that's it. I mean if you get infected now, you're gonna be infecting people on Christmas Day, so you definitely don't wanna be doing that. Um yeah. Like that was the other reason really they should have just bloody closed the pubs for the this period. Because although I mean it's obviously going to be the major route of household transmission because people will be off work. Of starting to come off work anyway. Yeah. Uh, so how does it get into households? You know, how does it get between households? Partially, that can be people having other people over. That's true, but it can also be deciding to go out for a couple of pints, not realizing that somebody in the corner has Omicron, and a load of people in the pub getting infected. And from the anecdotal stuff I'm hearing from friends in London, that's basically the problem. That you know, like it, it, it's basically everybody who's been going out to pubs has now got it. Right. That's it, you know, because there was somebody in the pub, they didn't realise it, and now they're sick. People have been going to gigs like it's not, you know, it's not just a few of the people like that. It, it seems like I'm sure people are exaggerating for effect, but it does seem to be really common that you're you're just talking about a lot of people, uh, and th- at this time of the year, right now, you don't want to be doing that because if you do that and you go home for Christmas, that could have bad repercussions. We saw that last year, so you know, it's. Uh, you yeah, want to we think also, also seem to know more people that have COVID in the last couple of weeks than ever before. Oh no, like, I, I was saying that. I was. It's just yeah. like it's huge. That's my my sense is I definitely know more people with COVID in the last two weeks than I do the previous two years. Yeah, oh, exactly. it's about it the same like, number anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, almost yeah. like all of the people that got COVID got it in the last two weeks rather than like more than what what had yeah. got it up to that point but then we just had like five or six people like immediately yeah and i'd say like to a certain extent the people i knew who got covid previously were either people in kind of high risk jobs or people who were taking quite a lot of risks in terms of social activity yeah. you know like they'd be doing, doing stuff i'd go I, I wouldn't that just feels like too much i wouldn't do it whereas a lot of the people i know who currently got infected are more the people who've been taking the sort of risks I, I would have been taking as well, you know, yeah. and, and it's a lot of them. So I think there's definitely, there's something going on with Omicron where it's, it, it's like, just as Delta was before, it seems to be much better at getting, stopping people getting away with stuff. Fitter. So, now it's fitter, yeah, apparently. Yeah. That's the word we're going to use. Um, So we're, so basically, just, I mean, every week we say, oh yeah, we'll come <laughs> back next week, we'll know more. And when we know more, it doesn't seem to change policy or it doesn't seem to change the fact that there's currently a media blackout. So where does this, like, does this end? Does we just keep going to Christmas and then after Christmas, suddenly people will appear and say, we had no idea this was going to be as serious as it was. Everybody go back into your homes. Then we go into a lockdown. Like, where are we heading? I think we're heading for a new year lockdown. Yeah, that's much hard to see how it can be avoided. You know, I mean, there, there's there are bits of information like South Africa. Curiously, cases seem to have peaked 
with maybe only 30% of the population having been infected. But it, it's really hard to know how many actually were because of the limited testing. They hit positivity rates of over 50%. But like we were saying, only 30% of the entire population, that, that's the population that could get it. That, uh, that's my three estimate people, in, in the last month you're, you're right. talking about in, in the provinces. Right. Like the, the measured population being infected was as high as almost 4% in, in a one week period. Right. Uh, you know, and at 50% positivity, you're talking about massive under testing. So you could probably treble those numbers. So it's probably somewhere in the region of 30% may, t- may well turn out to be higher. So, but, but it, it did, it ha- looks like it's peaked there. So maybe that's saying something about the size of the susceptible population isn't. 100% it's 30% with immunity who knows so we don't really that's another question we don't know but you're like that that's I mean look if we got 30% of the population infected here we wouldn't have a million yeah. <laughs> you know and uh, yeah 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 so yeah you wouldn't want to be going to ICU yeah or you wouldn't get into ICU no no but this is the big danger like, I mean this is the big, the big the situation we're going into if, if, if forget about COVID if you have a heart attack if you have a stroke uh, you know a whole load of things that ICU is needed for that hospital care is needed for I saw a figure yesterday there were 100 ambulance crews out in London because of COVID right that either they were infected or close contacts right. so what does that mean if you have a heart attack in London yesterday or, or you know if anything else yeah. goes wrong and, and of course yeah. there's additional demands on the ambulance service because of, because of COVID itself where people getting sick and need to be brought to hospital everything taking longer because everybody's got to gear up I mean like it's yeah it's it's already a disaster in terms of the provision of medical care and it's probably going to be getting worse you know but uh, yeah that's that's kind of where we are now great happy Christmas everyone <laughs> happy Christmas everyone it's like brilliant great <laughs> when do you think we're going to do another show like I mean it's oh, bad the frequency we there was there was that period where I think it was a couple of months where we only did one show a month in, yeah in the uh, in the autumn a month back with Delta, we were gone. Oh, you know, I've been I've been calculating the number of people who are unvaccinated and haven't been infected and might need ICU, and it's come down to I yeah. think I was saying six hundred people. Yeah, and just I think get them if, infected. if they were spread out over yeah. the year, they'll be manageable. Now they'll come in a peak. So well, but you know, we we were kind of almost imagining we were again seeing the end of it. And then it was like, oh, yeah, they seem to have found some new variant in South Africa. I don't know if we need the to worry thing, about it. The only thing that <laughs> That's could That's three stop weeks us. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now we're doing two shows ago. a week. Yeah, I know. So, That's what it seems like. Yeah. So we might well be back before Christmas. Well, we might, yeah, because actually we, we might have some more solid data on that. Data, sorry, on that whole wireless hospitalisation. How quickly does it spread? I think they're all going to be really alarming bloody numbers. Plus, we'll probably definitely be seeing the increase here as well and we'll have an idea of what sort of pace that's at and whether or not there rapidly needs to be additional action to try and reduce that because there's got the, the time frame because of the speed of spread is very narrow in terms of needing to take action there's some estimates in parts of England that it was doubling every 1.6 days which is just like woo um, but uh, yeah so we, we'll, we'll see with all that in what the, was and in, in the UK what was their overall like vaccination rate like similar to ours it's very high London's really, quite low actually interestingly enough right Okay. Um, but I mean, we're saying quite low. It's still very high. Like they, 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 I mean, the thing is, they have a high vaccination rate. They've also a high infection rate because they follow that ludicrous day of freedom strategy or somewhere with the idea that the people who wouldn't get vaccinated will get well, infected. Well, if you're going to put the difference, Boris blah, Johnson blah, blah, blah. in charge of your country, yeah. I mean, really, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. and then listen to him. Yeah. Okay, so 
Um, but like that's interesting in terms of I just wasn't sure if they were at the same kind of vaccination level as we were. Yeah, ninety like three. Yeah, I think Scotland's higher, in fact. Than, yeah, and than Scotland's us. also yeah, yeah. like still seeing huge numbers. No, there's lots of vaccinated people, yeah. double dose people getting infected with this, and even people who picked up the booster shots as well. It's it's like it's right. It's pretty fearsome. Um. Yeah, fearsomely fit. And then just advice for people, antigen testing, everything before you go and see. <laughs> Obviously, we're coming up to Christmas, I, people going to see their relatives, Christmas dinners. You know, the main thing I would say about the antigen testing is don't rely on it. Yeah. You know, uh, I have seen so many stories at this stage of people who tested negative, went to something, went to something, tested the next day, was still negative, and then discovered they eventually tested positive and had infected people during that negative testing. Yeah, there's yeah. a kind of there's a kind of antigen booster thing that says, oh, you only test negative when you're not infectious. That, I think, was probably not completely true. I suspect it's even less true with Omicron. Right. It might be that at 80% of cases, that's the case. But I think that, yeah, use an antigen test, you, you basically want to be thinking that the failure rate is going to be at least 20%. Right. You know, you've, you've tested negative, there's still a 20% chance you're going to infect somebody at the event you're going to. And so your thinking should be spaced around that, right? right. So that means you, you need to still think about ventilation, mask wearing, limiting time, how vulnerable other people are. Uh, you know all those sort of questions on top of it the, the antigen testing will help because in quite a lot of cases you'll test positive and you won't go yeah so it clearly will help in that but some of the, some of us testing negative will still be infectious i think so don't don't treat it as some sort of magic bullet it hasn't worked as a magic bullet anywhere it's been used yeah okay. uh, and and if the problem is if people treat it like a magic bullet it actually introduces more additional risk then it takes out of the equation because people start doing stuff when they are based on the fact that yeah. yeah yeah but but um just in terms of asymptomatic uh with omnicron is it like is it like do we have information around how many people are asymptomatic or like if you get Omicron, will you know? So leave, leave. Um, so the, the big problem with that asymptomatic question is that we think a lot of transmission happens when people are pre-symptomatic, right? What's the difference between oh, the two? Right. Pre-symptomatic is where you don't have symptoms, you will in two days' time, but you're yeah. infectious, right? Yeah. yeah. Truly asymptomatic people who never develop symptoms, they're thought to, they're probably never all that infectious, you know, so they're maybe not that likely to infect people outside their household. Right. But there's no way of knowing if you're asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic. Okay, so that's the problem. Afterwards, that's what the problem is. Right. Um, and so basically what you have to do then is you have to just curtail all social aspects because you don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it, it, it's... Like, I think do what you should have been doing anyway, which is basically saying, okay, how much benefit is this and how much risk is it right yeah. the risk is okay who am i seeing what's the risk to them you know if they're what are they like yeah and and also then think about well what's what the, like? what's the benefit to them because it could be like if you know we're talking christmas day parents and grandparents it's really important for them so even if they're quite high risk yeah it might be the case that the benefit is such that you, you take the risk anyway but then that's why you need to be thinking about the risks you are taking now yeah, before you, know? you get to Christmas Day. Yeah, so yeah. like you if, if Christmas Day you're yeah. going home to see your 85-year-old father, yeah. <laughs> right, 
you shouldn't be going out to the pubs every night yeah. now right yeah. that's basically the way, the way it should work go mad <laughs> do Christmas Day go mad in the new year you know <laughs> take the risk when it's just to yourself and to, to an extent this is exactly what I'm going to be doing in the Before next the 10 lockdown. days you know yeah. Uh, yeah. So, th- so think about that and then going going forward just be going okay because the thing is like we can't we've had two years of this it's not like we, we can stay at home you know, it's not like anybody should be doing that. Even I, I don't think even people who are quite vulnerable should be doing that. To be honest, uh, I think it's more like you've got to go. Some interactions I get a lot of, you know, value out of. They're great. Other ones, like going for a casual pint in the pub, I probably don't need to do that. You know, yeah. uh, and or maybe if I do really feel I need to do it, I can go do it in the afternoon <laughs> on a Monday when nobody's around. You know. Uh, but yeah, just just thinking about all that sort of stuff, like pu- public transport use, any of that sort of stuff. Like, what can I do to reduce the risks? Where do I get the most benefit from it? Which are the risks I actually want to take? Like doing that. Yeah, I was in town yesterday. It was really unpleasant, really uncomfortable, and really unpleasant. Uh, just because there was too many people there. Yeah. I was kind of like, I am not doing this again. <laughs> Almost ever. I was like, every time I bought something, I said. I'm going away now to lie in a bunker, <laughs> and uh, you'll see me in 2022, maybe. Uh, anyway, so okay, so that's where we're at. All right, thanks very much all right. for all that. All right, happy Christmas, happy, yeah, New happy Year. Christmas, everybody. <laughs> we'll probably see you before either. <laughs>